Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bit Effect. Today, we're talking about Thymesia. So don't mind all the corpses and have fun looking like a bird. Yes, this week we are talking about Thymesia, the other game that kind of pulls a lot of ideas from Bloodborne. Now, will this live up to the hype? Will it falter? Who knows? But Craig. Hello, Craig. Hello. How are we doing today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for acknowledging me this time without just going on with the episode. Oh, not a problem. Feels better this way. Well, to you, not to the audience. They have spoken, <laughs> and you are the undesirables. No, now, no. Thymesia is a game that neither of us had any history with, but, Craig, would you like to explain how we decided, you know, hey, let's play Thymesia? Yeah, so I, I had Thymesia on the list, as well as Steel Rising and other things for a lot of time, because I am, as Dave mentioned last last two weeks ago. I'm off of playing all of the Dark Souls and Bloodborne and trying to find that next fix in Thymesia and the Plague Mask on the front cover just kind of like screamed I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this and I'm not expecting that much. So it's opposite to Steel Rising. Steel Rising I expected a lot and got something different. This I wasn't actually expecting greatness, and so I put it on the spreadsheet without telling Dave, and then just told him we are playing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, and of course, went, oh yeah, it's that one with the, the thing. Uh -huh. And I was like, sure. Uh, and that, that was it, and that's history. Um, yeah, um, and in case you were curious, this was not stalling for the Wikipedia and I forgot to anyway, this game was developed by Overborder Studios which I have no idea anything else they've ever done but if this is their first that's a good one uh, it was published by Team 17 which I guess is a much bigger name to you guys than it is to mm -hmm. us over here um, for us they're just the Worms guys oh Team, team 17 have EA Originals and um, Devolver status and in indie publishing now. Teams have, they're right up there in terms of what they're hoovering up to publish. And I think they they started off a bit ropey with what they were, um, but they, they've picked things up. Like a, a lot of things you'll see now are Team Seventeen published. Well, that's cool. The more the more games we get, the better. Just period. Um, but yeah, yeah, Team 17 will always just be, oh, it's the Worms guys. Yeah. Um, um, now. Overborder, Overborder, just, just to be clear, is, is a new-ish studio. Uh, the one unique thing about them, no, not unique. Everyone is unique in their own way. It's the first, maybe first big game uh, that I think is a Taiwan-born and bred oh, game. Really? Yeah. I didn't know these guys were... You don't call them Thai. Taiwanese. Taiwanese, um, yep. That's so cool. I, like, like this is this is a bit of a rabbit hole, but, like, every time there's a new game that comes out and it's from an area that doesn't normally release games, like, uh -huh. like the one game that came, came out of Israel, it's like, well, I gotta try it. And Grime... Grime is certainly something. It is pretty cool. But... Uh, yeah, I love when there's games that come out of new regions. Uh, and welcome to the big show, Taiwan. Um, I mean, or specifically uh, Over Border Studios in Taiwan, not Taiwan mm -hmm. as a whole. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Thymesia is in many ways a 180 of last week's Steel Rising. Uh, it's got a wrapper that isn't very original. No. When this, oh god. This is this is what spawned the the weirdness in this was I thought, oh French Revolution, that's different. Oh, 
plague doctor plague tree that's that's just that's what we deal with every day in from soft land there is something about video games and plague doctors uh-huh. they love plague doctors yeah despite the fact that no character can smell anyway it's just for fashion this is true this is true except for the one in darkest dungeon again oh actually you're right yeah Fuck, Darkest Dungeon does this right, doesn't it? Really? You know what? Darkest Dungeon is an amazing game. Darkest Dungeon was released by Red Hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, if anybody out there is working for Red Hook, please bring it to console. Please bring two to console. I, I need it. Eat it. Uh, anyway, so um, when I booted this up, I was not expecting much either. I was expecting kind of a surge, steel rising, bound by flame. No, that kind of thing. No, for a start. Can I just argue for a start? Sure. C- could you please not say the surge, steel rising? Like, steel. I think steel rising is above the other pretenders of. Oh, I'm talking about gameplay only, though. Oh right. Okay. No, it's worse. Steel rising uh-huh. is worse. Oh, okay. Oh, 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 I thought you were, I thought. Sorry, if you're talking about gameplay only, I will take off my adventure story hat, sorry. Oh, no, no, that's, that's fine. I thought you were saying Thymesia is worse than those. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. All right, so Craig was kind of the champion of last week's game, Mm -hmm. and and by default, I guess I'm going to be the champion of this one, because this game deserves to be talked about. For good or for ill, it deserves to be talked about. So, last week, we had Craig go over what kind of makes it a little bit different than Bloodborne, if you're coming to this from a FromSoft point of view. I, I guess I'll kind of do the same for this one. So, um, if you're coming from a FromSoft library kind of place, then it is very Bloodborne. There's a lot that this shares with Bloodborne, including even some aesthetics. Like... This seems like they just went, I really like Bloodborne. Let's kind of do a Bloodborne. But it borrows some mechanics that you would associate more with Sekiro, which is what I think makes this really interesting. Um, In terms of moment-to-moment play, Craig, how does this feel to you compared to a FromSoft? Uh, this, This feels very... Like, I tried to do this more thoughtfully, I suppose, rather than just dodging and blobity-blobity-bloop. But this game, to my mind, to my stupid mind, really, really, really plays hard into parrying. Like, there is a lot... There's, there's not a great deal of dodging. You are either blocking or parrying and yeah you're either far out of the way of an uh-huh. attack or you're parrying yeah um and that's that's what was the question sorry uh in, in terms of how this feels to play if you were to uh compare it to a fromsoft oh right okay if i was to compare it to a fromsoft the way i play them it's completely different it's it, i played this as a blocky block i am blocking everything block person because we're let's see let's let's do a scale another game we've been playing recently is callisto protocol and if you if someone attacks you with a big arm or tentacle and you see that attack you hold left and you can hold left for a generous amount of time like seconds and they hit you and then you go oh they're gonna hit me again i'm gonna hold right for another generous amount of time. That's the kind of dodging, parrying window I like. I like generous. And then you get Steel Rising, where it's a bit hit or miss. Someone holds something up and they're like, oh, I'm going to hit you. And then they hit you. And that's slightly more generous. Thymesia is back into what I, I associate with proper from soft parrying and blocking it's very precise or more precise than either of those games so i i i failed miserably 
for quite for quite a chunk of this. Um, and that's my comparison, really. Okay, all right. Uh, from for the super initiated like I am, the parry window in this falls somewhere between Dark Souls One and Sekiro. It's... How do you even compare those things? They're all impossible. No, 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 no. The parry window in Dark Souls 1 is very wide compared okay. to the parry window in uh, Dark Souls 3. Like, Dark Souls 3 is very strict. And then you got Bloodborne, which they're not really parries, they're more interrupts. So, yeah, like, every game kind of has its sliding scale. Whereas in Sekiro, uh, and the only reason I mention that is, if you press the parry button, you're already blocking. So if you fail a parry in Sekiro, you'll at least still mitigate some of the damage. In Dark Souls, if you parry and miss, you take full damage. So this does kind of have that weird middle ground where if you happen to fail a parry or get a partial parry, then you're not really punished super hard, but you're still punished a little bit. Um... And I, I know, I'm sorry, we jumped right into gameplay on this. I know, yeah. That, that, that was, sorry about that. No, 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 it's, it's fine. And whereas Steel Rising had that sliding scale of how much damage do you want to do? How much damage should the opponents do? This makes up for, let's say, a player's lack of skill with a penalty. Now, it's not a strict penalty, but it's still there. So the penalty is, like, let's say, uh, Craig, you're like, I'm terrible at parrying, but I want to learn. I'm going to, this is the game I'm going to knuckle down and learn how to parry. There's talent trees, which you already know. But in those talent trees is your punishment for maybe not being great at parrying. And that is there are talents that widen the parry window by a large marge. In. Tell him large margin sent you. I uh, just I paused there. I was like, what? what? Who the <laughs> fuck is Marge? <laughs> well, she's Homer's wife. Uh, she was also the trucker in Pee Wee's Big Adventure that said, tell him large marge sent you. And then her face goes all... Uh, anyway. Anyway. So th- I appreciate that more than I do the Steel Rising system. Because, um, let's say you're really diving into this, it's going to feel really good to go, you know what? I don't need that talent anymore. And the moment you don't need that talent anymore, you have the reward of being able to stick that talent somewhere else, plus that added, like, ooh, I accomplished something by not needing that extra hand-holdy bit. Yeah. That's- How do you... Well, I was going to ask how you feel about it. I I I fucking love it, honestly. So, for me, the the big the big eye opener was in your defensive trees. The these points are all you can, as Dave says, pluck out something and put it somewhere else. I had leveled up in your defensive stance, blocking. Because by default, if you block, you mitigate some damage, but not much. You can actually level up blocking to the point where you mitigate most damage, but it leaves you static and, you know, like, energyless. You're just basically standing there blocking. And you do not want to be static in this game for very no, long. absolutely not. I I had blocking, and I'd leveled up blocking. I thought, I'm blocking, blocking, blocking. Right, I've had enough of this blocking, so I took one point off of the blocking, and put it somewhere else, and then managed to learn my way around that, and then took another point off the blocking, and and when you take that point off, you can no longer just fully block, you're back to parrying and blobbity bloop, and it, it felt like a really nice way to get up to speed with how to play the game, like it's almost like safeties, there's it's diff- mechanical training wheels. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It, and it felt really good because by the, I mean, by the end of it, everything's leveled up, and you're just like, wow, these these are literal trees. You can't have blocking and super good parrying. I think that's them. a very smart decision yeah. too. Is to have either or talent trees, not everything. 
Absolutely. Same with your attacks. Your attacks, you can go down one tree where you've got big heavy attacks, or you can go for more agile quick attacks. Uh, there's every tree has something. You've got an interrupt, which is like you're tossing cards, and you can level up one part of that where it might do damage. So you maybe have a ranged attack, or you can you can interrupt more attacks. Every every tree has that option, and I um, I fell in love with this upgrade system. My 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 option on the feathers was if you tag someone with a feather, if you hit the feather button again, you teleport in front of them. It's like, oh, 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 oh that's good. Um, it's it's good. And the thing is that each boss, maybe not each boss, that might be generous, but some bosses make you think, I could actually be doing with that talent rather than that talent. It gives you a wee mini respec to beat a boss, which is great. And I'll t- tell you what, uh, we'll talk about it, but the first boss is a kick in the teeth of do you understand this game? They do not pull punches on the first boss on this no. game. Um, okay, so uh, we have gone a little bit on the mechanics. Let's pull back for a bit and talk about just a simple question. Craig. Yeah. Do you know what's going on in the story in this? Not a clue. Uh, actually, a, a wee bit of a clue. A wee, a wee, wee, wee bit of a clue. Um, I think you have amnesia. And my favourite. Your favourite. You're reliving memories. At, at the start of Bloodborne, you arrive at Yarnum and you're like, I'm, I've got, my town's got the plague as well, so I'm coming here. Give I'm me here some of that blood. Yeah, there might be a cure. Um, this is, you start, and you've got amnesia, and you're reliving memories, and your centri- your core point is now, you talk to someone, and they say, you visited a certain place. I love the wrapper of you telling stories to a little girl. Yeah. Like, that is a really cool uh, well, way to do this. This is, this is... This is the argumentative point. So this is a, also a side tangent or whatever. Sure. But this is how it makes me think more of Dark Souls too. Okay. Because, and, and you can just destroy me if you want. I'll leave it in. But you've got a central point where you have a connection with the real world, which is the town in Dark Souls 2. And then... Yeah. Yep. And then you teleport yourself to different areas with different themes and different points and different purposes repeatedly. So in this game, in Thymesia, you teleport to a gigantic diseased tree and you go and you hack away and there's different paths and you see gates and things and you're you're going through it. You fight the boss and then you're back in the central area and you go back to the little girl, tell your story, and she says, you know, do you want to go back there and do this? Are you moving on, or are you going to a different area? And you're rebuilding memories based on that. So you can optionally revisit areas, open up new areas, and fight new bosses. I, uh, as a quick quick aside, I, I really like the fact that the flavor of that is kind of throughout the whole game. It's not just a simple wrapper because when you're ready to teleport out, it doesn't go, you know, teleport back home. It says, is that all you remember? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, that is that is great. It's okay. I see what you're saying. Like like you're you're but I think I think that's closer to like Bloodborne and the Hunter's Workshop than it is Dark Souls 2 and Majula. Because you're not bringing anybody back. Oh, no, you're not bringing anyone back, but it's more of a structure thing. Like, you cannot... Oh, oh like, like it's kind of got that spoke and hub yes, approach? Yes, 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 yes. Okay. You can't run from one end to the other. It's not a map like Steel Rising was. It is a spoken hub thing. I remember you saying that phrase before, but it is that. Yeah, you know what? You know what? If if you don't know what we're talking about, imagine being able to teleport to all the bonfires immediately, and that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, 
Like, instead of you walking to the Forest of Fallen Giants, you just pff, teleport to the first bonfire, and that's when you start. Um, yeah, okay, I can see that. I can see that. Sorry, I was more thinking of, like, the themes of Dark Souls 2. That's no. why I was like, oh, Dave, okay. Oh, Dave, Dave, that's fair enough. I don't think about themes. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. I just wait for someone on YouTube to tell me what the theme is. <laughs> Okay, so the theme of this is obviously birds. I did manage to pick that up. Birds. Um, in a non-spoilery way, which we will talk about later, the way this handles multiple endings is also phenomenal. Um, in the last episode, I said that's something... The, the Souls counter was something I think FromSoft could learn a lesson from. And in this, I think that is 100% the thing they could learn the lesson from, is how this handles multiple endings. And we'll talk about it. But, okay, so, I want to talk a little bit about the bad side of combat. So, number one, kind of like last week, it does feel B-tier. And in this, the way that kind of manifests is... The combat is very fast, but loose. Like, I swear there were sometimes button inputs were dropped. Oh. And I'm not saying, like, that's because I got hit. It's more like, a, I swear I hit the attack button more than that kind of thing. Or, like, um, did you pick up the move where, kind of like in Sekiro, if somebody's doing a charging move, you, you dodge into them, and then you yeah. get a little... That sometimes that wouldn't fire off correctly? Ab absolutely. So I ended up... Um, one thing that this has is it's got a bit of you, you can't jump but that move pushes you into someone you kick off them and then there's another talent that lets you attack down and it is janky as fuck like there's no yeah. <laughs> I had it because I thought this sounds really cool nope it's off yeah it, it's oh, I don't want to say it's a 50-50 shot but it's a good 80-20 where you're like, I hope this works. I hope it works. Um, okay, so what this does in terms of standing out is the way you kill people is a little bit different. If you hit an enemy with a, a, an attack, it drains a little bit of their health. Right? And that health will go down and down and down and down. But that will constantly end slow, very slowly. It's not as frustrating as it sounds start to regenerate as you're hitting as you're not hitting them in order to solidify the damage you've done you have to hit them with your wing attacks so let's say you do a combo that knocks them down 80% in order to cement that down to okay you now only have 20% health max you hit them with a wing attack if if you're a fighting game person it's the difference between green health and gray health the fuck like, does that mean? Okay, so in a fighting game, uh, you have something called chip damage, which means when you block, somebody's still going to do damage, right? Uh-huh. And as a, as a kind of a fair play to people that like to turtle, like myself, you know, I like to play defensive until the time comes, that health that gets chipped away in some fighting games, it will be gray. Like, like it's like the shadow of where your health bar was when you started blocking. If... You don't get hit in a certain amount of time, that gray health will come back and become regular health again. But if you get hit, it kind of does what it does in this game. It then chunks it down, and that's where your health bar is now. Okay. But does that so, not just promote running away and blocking and hiding? It does and it doesn't. Like, you'll have aggressive players that say, no, I don't want to lose health for no reason like blocking instead i'll go on the attack and then you have players like me that's like all right i don't care how much gray health i lose as long as i don't get hit but, but that's the thing you've got a timer that's counting down and you're never going to win by just blocking so it's very much of a equal styles kind of thing anyway that's fighting game corner with dave i know yeah the the best thing i learned is you said people like me who turtle and my immediate thought was what the fuck does that mean? But you then explained it. I, I, yeah, I love it. I turtle on everything, Craig. In, in a fighting game, I'm a turtler. In a strategy game, I'm a turtler. I like turtles. Turtles are cool. 
Anyway, you can't turtle in Thymesia. No, no, you can't. Um, you can pick up talents to where if you're a person that doesn't like going on the attack and you want to try to play more defensively like I did, there is talents that every time you parry, you shunk off some of that gray health. Yeah. So um, that's kind of what sets this apart. And the, I would say cherry on top for me, I don't know about you, Craig, was every enemy has a counterattack gauge that you yeah, can't see. Yeah. And if you hit them four times in a row, they'll counter. And they'll counter and interrupt you to counter. Like, they'll do a parry of their own. And almost every enemy has this. But the reward from the player perspective is, all right, I know if I hit him three times, he'll go for the parry. And then you can dodge around them and smack him in the back or parry their attack back. Like, the way... That they have uh, just mook enemies be aggressive towards you is a very refreshing change of pace. Even from a Souls game. Because in a Souls game you can stun lock. And in this they're like, nah, these people are going to try to hit back. And I like that. I'm sorry, Craig, I've been talking a lot. No, no, talk away. Because I think it's the main point between what happened last week with Steel Rising and this. Is this takes... The thought of a Souls like, regardless of whether you think it's whatever, you know, like Souls, Dark Souls 2 or Bloodborne or whatever, it takes all of that and it goes, we're going to do something really interesting and cool with actual combat, which is what makes a Souls like th- uh, Steel Rising kind of miss the mark because they took it and then made it a bit something else. Pants? Yeah, a bit pants. This takes it and goes, we've got some good ideas for combat and we are going to implement them and this is going to be fun and it's fucking fun. It's- I, it, it, it is quite fun. Uh, another, another thing that I didn't like at first and then it kind of grew on me was the stealing of moves. Mm-hmm. So if you take your heavy... Or here, you explain it. I've been explaining everything. No, okay, so um, you've got different movesets. No, you don't have different movesets. There are, they're, they're, like, just to point out, there are no classes. There are no genders. There no, are you're no, just Corvus. You're just, the, you're just that person, and you're going to do that. But what the game does, A, it lets you respec as you need to, which I think in itself is a bit of class selection. Are you going to be a, you know, like a dodger or a blocker? or a parrier, that is kind of your class selection. It's sewn in. Yeah, that's a good point. I I just came up with that on the spot, but it actually makes perfect sense for some reason. Um, The other thing the game does is it gives you these kind of like faux weapons, and I can't remember the phrase. It's like a ghost weapon or a... Yeah, phantom weapon or something like that. Phantom weapon. Enemies have these weapons, and you can literally steal them. So you can steal a phantom big axe from that guy over there. Use that. It's a one-use thing. But you can you can take this to your advantage. If you come across three or four people, you can steal a guy's hammer, axe thing, throw it at someone else, pick up a pike, stab another person, and it becomes this really nice, fluid nicking of weapons and all of these weapons, you you pick a slot. You, it's a it's a weapon slot you have. Makes, it's almost like a spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, it's, it's it's very much like a spell. But it makes a a big difference between that and what you level up becomes your class. Like for me, and, for and me, I I no on you. God, no. Nope. I was gonna say, in addition to being able to nick weapons from people. As you kill people, they will drop these little diamonds, and then you can go in and level up. Like, oh, the next time I steal the hammer, it can do this, as opposed to just baseline. So, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that was pretty much on on point from that. So, the the end up... Oh, God. The resulting beauty of this comes from the fact that you can find your perfect combination of abilities... Find your perfect 
extra um, weapon and have at it. And I think the thing that makes this special is you need to change up what you do to actually... Well, I need to change up. I'm, I was terrible at this game. <laughs> um. Oh, and then adding the customization to all that, this also nicks a little something from Elden Ring. And that is the customization of your Estus flask. And I think this is also another really cool idea. So not only do you have uh, different ingredients you can use for different temporary effects. So like, you know, plus 5% defense for the next 30 seconds or plus attack or, you know, this heals a little more. You have three different styles of Estus Flask you can choose from. You can choose from the Estus Flask like we know it from Souls games. You can choose to have it be more of the blood vial where it's a quick just shunk, but you don't get very many of them. And then you have another one where the animation is longer, but it instantly fills the health instead of growing the health. And by golly, that is genius. Yeah. Again, it just, it takes... It takes a wee bit of getting used to to think, how am I going to heal in this game? Like, that que- that question isn't asked enough. Most times you just get a flask, or a health pack, or a this, or an injector, or this. This gives you a, an active choice. How are you playing this game, and how can we best heal you while you do what you need to do? And it's Yeah, is it a boss that has giant openings? Yep. Or is it a boss that has no openings? Like... I, I ended up not changing the way I healed, but I really appreciate uh, the ability to do so if I wanted to. Like, if I was really struggling against the boss, that's something else I could tweak to kind of raise my chances. I That is the difference between me and you and this, is because I did struggle with one boss in particular of this game, and I had to figure out what to do to make that happen. And after that, I was actively looking. I was thinking, okay, I'm coming up against this boss. Generally speaking, if you're not one-shotting a boss in this, you're two-shotting a boss because you've figured out what how you need to heal and what power you need to beat the boss in one go. It's not overly complicated, but you do need to adapt. And it gives you all the tools to do it right there. It's not expensive to do it at game currency wise it's not anything it's just a do what you need to do put your toolbox together and go and do it and i see that that's a little bit of a side tangent but that's kind of funny that this is the first souls like to give you the souls like experience that most of us encountered yeah like i the first boss in this i i was smacking my head against the wall because of all things that you could have to make this boss easier it turns out being able to parry is pretty important and as i started off the episode i said that the parry window in this is quite sharp compared to compared to anything else and i just couldn't so i had i was working hard to make my playstyle work for that boss uh let's talk about the first boss like we won't go boss by boss but the first boss in this is the Ringmaster. I mean, guy, he's got a different name. We'll call him Springheel Jack. I, I don't care. Um, it's a very cool set piece. Very cool. In, and this boss... Most bosses in this are two phasers. They they just kind of are. Um, the first phase is very much a... And here is my moveset. Do take note. And then the second phase is, all right, I really hope you took notes because <laughs> it's coming out fast and furious. Um, the It is a boss in the style of a Sekiro boss where it's long strings of attacks that you can parry in a rhythm. Like, you know, one, two, three, pause, four, five. Um, it, the, it just comes to getting grips with, okay, here's the rhythms I need. And I think this is a perfect first boss and only boss that really forces you to come to grips with the game's parry mechanics. Because every other boss after that, did you oh. have a problem with? Nope, none, none whatsoever. A couple of stupid deaths, you know, like oh, actual stupid deaths for me, actual too. stupid deaths. But 
this that boss made me go, oh my god, and then the rest of them were like, oh thank, I did, like j- at one point I was like, thank fuck, they are not all like that. <laughs> and um, I, I think okay. thematically it works really well when you when you get down to bosses and stuff like that. Some of them are, are it's not actually about dodging, parrying, attacking, or anything. It's about platforming, <laughs> like really. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? uh, this this. <laughs> This tries to one-up souls with a puzzle boss, mm-hmm. and it does a respectable job at it. I think it's it, close to the Dragon God, but it's it's respectable. Yeah, um, I, like I just I have the ut or upmost or utmost utmost ut with a T. Yeah, not upmost. Nope, it is utmost. Oh, that sounds weird. Anyway, I've got the utmost or upmost. I've got the, it's utmost. Oh, it doesn't sound right when I say it now. I've got the utmost respect for these people that developed this to come up with some pretty spectacular bosses where like boss after boss there isn't there isn't a forgettable boss. Some of them are stereotypical, a la you're in a cathedral and you're fighting a knight type things. But in in fact there's not even a lot of bosses, but what they do, they do really well. It's back to that point of there's a thing with a purpose and it's designed for this. It's not like 50 robots strung together and they're just spinning. They've got really, really cool set pieces. Oh, I as sad and teenager as this sounds, you don't need to try very hard to get Dave into a plague circus. You just don't. <laughs> it's it's going to be something that I just, I'm like, yes, I'm listening. Okay, uh, as a quick note, utmost means the greatest or highest. Now, that is not to be confused with upmost, which is a less common synonym for uppermost. So you're still right. Okay, that's fine. They they just mean to. Um, Sorry. I was going to say, back on game, the, (laughs) the most ridiculous difference between Steel Rising and this is I had immediate respect for the gameplay mechanics. I immediately was like, A, put in my place, and B, thought, I I am going to have to think hard here. What was weaker in Thymesia was there are 400 billion posters saying, oh, the ringmaster needs... And you're like... yeah. It's very thin lore-wise, and the, you want to do what you're there to do. You're going to go and you're going to fight this, and you, you want to get through it, but there is, n- not even if you look, there's not a lot of story. I'll, now, see, I'll disagree with you, because Dave saw one of those posters and went, oh, it's lore. And then I read the words, the ringmaster, and went, well, I'm looking forward to that. And that was about it. I I remembered absolutely nothing of the lore, except the fact that there was a ringmaster, and I was excited to see him. Oh, no. Um, I I was looking for it because I thought if they're going to do it, they're going to do it with a bit of story and a bit of this, that, and the other. But there wasn't, there wasn't, and I'm going to compare this to Steel Rising just because we just did it. There wasn't that drive for me to figure out what this NPC's story was or what that happened or why I'm fighting this boss or why... There was no reason for it. It was just a... There's a disease and there's these icky-looking things. Um. Now, see, for me, Craig, I couldn't tell you why I fought a ringmaster or a giant bat or a worm. I have no idea why <laughs> I did what I did. But... I was looking forward to each new boss. I'm like, what are they going to do next? Um, and yes, I agree. Like, like in the perfect world, this would have the story and wrapper of Steel Rising with the gameplay of Thymesia. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will 100%, even if you don't like the French Revolution, you're still going to be, or sorry, you're going to have the passion of their writing impressed upon you by that game. This it is 100% the opposite. This seems like, well, we need a justification for it. Let's think of a cool idea, and then we'll fill out the rest later. And then they sort of didn't fill out the rest later. Yeah. 
Um, again, I, I like the conceit, the story conceit of telling stories to this little girl. That's a cool, really cool idea. But that's a, that's about all this has for me. I, my entire thought, no matter how many times I died and anything, my entire thought this was, well, I'm already telling this story in the future, so I do survive this. <laughs> but, uh, see, my thought was like the Prince of Persia thing, where it's like, no, 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 it didn't happen that way. <laughs> I like to think every time you die in Thymesia, it's Corvus having a brain fart. Oh, no. Like, oh. uh, uh. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I will 100% agree with you. Um, okay, so something that is apropos of literally nothing that I did want to mention is... So, Craig, you may not know this, but I'm a bit of a dork. Are you? And I am, surprising. And I'm a dork about a lot of things. And one of the dorky things I'm a dork about is weapons. Like, I, I like the history of weapons. I currently own no swords or knives because I'm not going to be that guy. But one thing that struck me was the enemies in this have realistic uses of their weapons. And that made me so happy. Like, for example, there's the video game version of holding a two-handed sword where you hold it like a baseball bat. That Nope, nope, don't do that. This, if, if you'll remember right, those, those knights that were giant pains in the dicks, they're holding and moving their swords in a realistic fashion. And that made me so happy. So happy. Okay, that's it. That's, that's okay. all I wanted to... I mean, I, like, I completely agree. Every enemy... I, A, sorry to, to, to rewind slightly. You are your person in this place... You you don't have these choices. You don't have class choices. You're the the game is designed around you are you, and this is your thing. Um, the enemy that was a gigantic pain in the dick for me and killed me many 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 times was the guys the kind of mini bosses, semi bosses, mid bosses with the pokey sticks. Oh, the elites? Yeah, like the elite enemies with oh, the pokey sticks? Oh, honestly. Yeah. I could kill the the ones that were kind of like the the magician's assistants and the dancers and, you know, the one that had the big thing. Could I kill these pokey stick fuckers? No. I ran past so many people to knock down <laughs> ladders, make shortcuts and get... Like, honestly, oh, those people could just... I think Oh for for I, me, my my death knell was whenever I saw one of those uh we'll just call them like the black knights of this game. Mm -hmm. Whenever one of those black knights reached in and pulled out two swords, oh no. <laughs> oh no. I couldn't parry those guys to save my life. I think a, a good thing this game does, a very good thing that this game does, is you've got your regular mobs and people but you will have these key fights and, and they happen they're sporadically through the level. It'll happen in a graveyard. It'll happen when you're walking across a bridge. It'll happen when you like need a pee and walk out the toilet and there's a guy there. <laughs> but once you kill them once, they're dead. They're gone. They don't that respawn. That is a wonderful thing. It's fantastic because those people were more of a challenge than most of the bosses in this game to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, do you remember on the way to... Okay. Oh, uh, you know what? Spoiler wall. Okay. We're going to be talking yeah. about bosses later in the game. We will not be mentioning anything about the story because neither of us have a clue of what's actually happening. Nope. And we will be talking about the ending, though, and the choices you make. Yeah. So keep that in mind. This is one of the few games where I'm going to say, if you have any interest in this, give it a punt. If you like Souls Likes. Not if you like Maniac Mansion. That won't really work. No, it definitely definitely won't work. If you like Power Wash Simulator, no. Thymesia is going to be a rough climb. Um. Okay, so do you remember on the way to the worm, right? Uh-huh. Those guys that would, like, come up from the blood and then go back oh, down and yeah, then come up. Yeah, yeah. Fuck those guys. I That is the only enemy that I was actually frustrated by. As opposed to like anytime somebody would dual wield, I'd be like, oh, oh it was a nice run, and then die. Uh, those guys, I hated those guys so much. But, um, okay, so bosses. Other than the ringmaster, yeah. were there any standouts for you? 
Um, I did like big set piece make run sideways. It was like the devil god head, big giant dude. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, the tree man with the poison farts. Yeah, like I, I, I thought this is nice because it's completely different from what you would generally expect from anything ever. Um, it was nice. The I liked the big. I liked the design of the big bat. It is unfortunate that you could stand underneath them and just poke them in the belly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's like no need to ever get off of him. Yeah. Um. For me, the highlight that fitted what I wanted to fight in a weird. This is a satisfying fight. Was is it odd? The really quick prince type. Oh, the lady with like the the banner and she has the blue light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slams. Yeah. Very, very cool fight and very in tune with what I wanted from a good quick fight. Like that, that was satisfying. The, some of the other fights felt like a, a weird, you know, I'm going to block and I'm going to do this, that or the other. But I can, I can, I can see how I'm killing you. That was very different. Um, she had very much had shades of like Maria from Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her. In fact, that, that absolutely exactly. The highlight, the low light, and the mid light of everything. It has to be the first order fight. That that first fight that we've already said. That just, guy. That fight was amazing. The music, the move set he has, everything about it was flipping fantastic and i i was near i was i was crying at one point <laughs> because i would and i was messaging you i was like i i don't think i can actually i don't think i can kill this guy and to be to be fair i think it was luck and brute force because i didn't change my play style i just kind of ran against that wall until i got you daved it <laughs> yeah um after that point everyone else through to the end boss was okay. Just just like one or two shots and the low light was the bat. Man. Sadly, the one of the cooler designs, yeah, mm-hmm. is, is the low light. And I mean, like on, on the talk of, what was his name again? Erd? Erd, yeah. Erd, yeah. Like, sometimes all you need to really crack into a game is just a moral victory, like a Pyrrhic victory, where yeah. I died a hundred times, but I got him, I can beat this game now. Yeah. Like, like sometimes you need that. Um, the only game to ever not give that to me was Ghosts and Goblins, because that game hates me <laughs> with a passion. Um, for me, like, um, other than Erd, which wins my award for, like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the Big Stone Knight, because that was, like, uh, yeah. me fighting as Craig against Dave. <laughs> that That's actually, and, like, a really good analogy. <laughs> Uh, that was that was a really good chuckle I had. I'm like, oh look, it's me and Dark Souls, and I'm playing as Craig. This is cool. Um, one thing, another thing that I I can't really say is a negative, but I would like changed is I would have really liked voice acting in this. Yeah, like there were there's a lot that could have been done with voice acting, and I don't normally say that, but in like like Erd, I would have loved to hear like a Mark Hamill esque laugh yeah. coming out of that guy as he's fighting you. It would have been great. I think that there is a, a, the main place for me it actually falters on voice act or voice work or lack of is the opening cutscene because the opening cutscene is pretty beautiful and if you read it Oh it is, yeah. It's it's really engaging. It needs that the Lord of the like the Lord of the Rings lady at the start going, There were two realms and blah, blah. <laughs> you know, it needs or Geralt's voice or somebody. It, it needs someone to like. It needs Billy who delivers the mail and gets the coffee to read it out. Uh, give me, give me your best John Rice Davies, Billy. Come on, you can do it. I don't even know who that is. What John Rice Davies? Yeah, the guy who plays Gimli in Lord of the Rings. What one's Gimli? The dwarf <gasps> and my axe. Yeah, he's right. Sala in Indiana Jones. Who the hell is that? The the guy who's like camels. We need camels <gasps> in here. Holy fuck! It's the same guy. Yeah, I've that's just that's 
I've just found that out right now. Live. <laughs> yeah, he's done a bunch of video game voice work too. Uh, he's he's really cool. Fucking hell. Like, I don't even know if I can go on. I, f- <laughs> I feel faint. So, uh, Billy needs to do his best. Uh, John Rice Davies. And yeah, it, it just needed. It, it almost would have added to the flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I. Uh, in Neo Dark Souls 2 terms, when you're picking levels, I really appreciated the fact that story-wise, you complete the level and that's it. But optionally, you can dive back into each area, unlock new things and fight new bosses. Do you know what it reminded me of? What? It reminded me of going for different stars in Mario Galaxy or or Mario 64. Actually, yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. It, it's a really cool way to add replayability. And I know Neo does that to some extent, uh-huh. where it's like, oh, your objective this time is to kill three Oni or whatever. But um, this this makes each run-through feel different. Yeah. And props to them for that. So, like, just a last thing on that point is, I think, as good as it is, some of the game suffers because of it, because it's, it's very heavily weighted be- towards the start of the game. The first level... There's five levels. The first level has four optional areas after it. The second level has... But by the time you get to the end, before you know it, you're like, oh, oh. Sneeze three times in the level. There you go, you're done. I'm at the end. It it does have a wee bit of pacing-y type balance in there, but story-wise, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I guess it's the closer you get to Mm -hmm. present. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. But sometimes what makes sense doesn't make sense when you put it into a game with levels and chapters. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about how this does the separate endings. Mm-hmm. Did you did you grok what was going on with your choices? Oh, do you know, I did. But by the time I finished it, I didn't care enough to even think about going back and doing anything different or picking anything else or I just I just didn't that's fair enough I didn't either yeah okay um and I plan on I, I plan on trying to platinum this sucker at some point okay. like whenever I feel that soul's itch I'm gonna go for it mm-hmm. so the way this works is from every main boss like big bosses and health bar boss that you fight you gain uh some kind of like either a simulacrum or an alchemical potion or an ingredient from each boss. And at the end, to solve the kingdom's problems, you have to combine two of them. Now, which ones you combine determines which ending you get. You still get the same end boss, but that's what determines it. And it makes a save point right before. Uh-huh. So if you want, you can go, oh, that you could brute force this without having to go through all the lore and be like, okay, so I tried these two. The only downside I have is you have to fight the end boss every time. But, Craig, would you like to explain the end boss? Yeah, so the end boss, very metaphorically, and very good because you're on a journey of discovering yourself and your own memories. The final enemy to discovering yourself as you. Henry Cavill. Oh. If I came up against Henry Cavill, if I came up against Henry Cavill in this, I would come up against Henry Cavill. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself, sir. Um, I, yeah, it's you. So the end boss is a two-phased fight against a mirror of you. This isn't a mirror of you, how you've built you. It's not like you leveled up defense blocking, so this is you. It's a, it's a you that has access to every single ability and blood weapon that... There we go! I know, I got there in the end. I could not remember until right now. They are blood weapons. It's only taken an hour to figure out what the name was. <laughs> so, you come up against you, and you have to fight you. It totally 
throws the game on its head because that you are an aggressive, agility-wise, slappy, movie, dodgy, <coughs> arsehole to fight. Yeah, you're a whirling dervish of pain, and it sucks to yeah. fight against you. And it, it depends. I don't know if it makes it easier if you learn you better the more you know you the more you can fight the demons within so had i played this game and fully explored how i move and how i do this and how i block this i it would have made that end boss easier but for me i just brute forced my way again the the stinger that i found was that where you can only pick one blood weapon you've got the axe as your blood weapon your arsehole of a mirror can access any blood weapon at any time and this is ranged this is you know like pikes and long wielding sweeping things it's short stabby things it's everything that that person needs to kill you they have instant access to it's brilliant it's it's brilliant in in a weird way it's like all right how many permutations of you did you go through? Yeah. Because if you tried all the blood weapons, the moment you see him pull out a hammer, you're going to be like, oh, I know this. Uh-huh. And I think that is a really cool mechanical reward for fully exploring a game without putting a, a button on it, right? A yeah, button. yeah. Uh, um, the only thing that I think that would make me appreciate it more is going into it a second time. If you could gimp the end boss... By not you not getting blood weapons, like as yeah. a challenge, would it it would reflect what blood weapons you actually have unlocked? I think that would be kind of, uh-huh. but that's a little mini piddly uh, thing. It's, so it's slightly or, or very similar to I thought I had. It would be fun if at the very 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 last in this game, it's not a bonfire, and it's not a gigantic beautiful angel statue. It's no. a chair. Oh, yeah, I love the chairs. <laughs> I love the chairs. He's just like, oh, fuck, I've had enough of this. Uh-huh. And he sits down. It's wonderful. I think... It, Actually, oh, no, I, I don't know if it's a he. It could be a she. It could be. I don't know. I guess Corvus sounds like a male name. Corvus sounds like a... I don't know, actually. Do you, do you get why he's called Corvus? I mean, cut this, but you get it? No. Oh, that's also why Corvo is called Corvo. I mean, I- it's anything having to do with ravens is called Corvid. So, like fish, it's Piscine. Ravens, it's Corvid. Beef, it's Bovine. That's why you get all these names that allude to birds. Uh, I did not Corvo. know that. Well, there you go. You learned about Giantized Davies and Corvus. I know. I think we should play Dishonored at some point. Oh god, Carvo's just killed him. Anyway, um, <laughs> my idea to slightly modify this would, would be, what if at that final chair, because th- this is part of that pyramid pacing problem. You start on level one, you've got four different areas to explore. By the time you get to the end, the fifth area, you go in and you're in the boss arena, there's nothing. It's just, you're in, you're in the boss yeah. arena, and bit anticlimactic, but also at the same time, it lends itself to just going in and repeatedly bashing your head against the wall. Anyway, my idea was, at that last chair, just before you go in and fight the final boss, say you despect, you took away all your points and walked through the fog gate, you fought that mirror of yourself. Like, you always fought... The exact opposite. Oh, the the exact uh, equivalent of what you are exactly. Now, power level. Like God, that guy keeps killing me with blood weapons, so I'm not taking blood weapons. But but now you don't have blood weapons. Type fight. that would be pretty cool. Um, I thought that like that was just my my mini thought on it because at the end of the day, if you've played the game and you get it, it's not a difficult fight. If you have not grasped the full effect of blood weapons, you're in for a tough time. Um, yes. 
I'll agree. And as another stupid little side note for you, Craig, um, uh, again, we can cut this, but that was intentionally, if I'm remembering correctly, that was intentionally the the place that they wanted to take Dark Souls to. So, you remember in Dark Souls, you kill Gwyn. Uh-huh. The idea was the next New Game Plus cycle you play, it was the character you used to defeat Gwyn. That would be the end boss. Uh, and it would yeah. just keep doing that. And then they had the idea of like, well, what if you don't light the fire? Then that wouldn't make sense. You know, that kind of thing. But I'm like, oh, that would have been really fun, though. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea. Like, that's a pretty... It's it's quite, without sounding arsy, reasonably philosophical. Of oh, yeah, 100%. What if you constantly are battling yourself? And I, on a like gameplay point, I wonder if that's where the idea of the mimic tier in Elden Ring came from. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway, sorry, that's another little side note. All right, let's let's close this up. Uh huh. So, final thoughts. I went first last time. Craig, you may do the honors this time. Yeah, Thymesia. <clears throat> Thymesia. We have spent this entire month, which is only two games, playing. Souls likes, Bloodborne likes, whatever likes you want to like. And both have shone for different reasons. Steel Rising was spectacular for me in terms of the story and the layout and the theming and everything, but it fell short on that combat. It just isn't a Souls like, it's just a generic dodge fest. Thymesia kicked me square in the nuts. At the very start, it kicked me so hard that I was tempted to either A, pull it off the schedule, or B, let Dave share play my screen and beat the first boss. <laughs> I remember that conversation. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I did neither. I beat it and I went through it. And it really shone in the combat and the mystery and the grossness, to be honest, of... of the Souls-like genre, and we have played two absolute bangers, but we're still right... For two very different reasons, too. Two very different reasons, but in the context, if we just say these are Souls-likes, Steel Rising is a solid B-tier whatever. Thymesia is probably the closest you're going to get to a FromSoft game that isn't a FromSoft game. For me, it is stellar for combat for mystery for intrigue for the structure for the level for everything it's just a spectacular game that for some reason sits weirdly not on any list anywhere of top 10 games of anything it's just it's a weird one i don't know if i'm odd in this but it's great i We'll say my final thoughts now. Okay. Thymesia is derived from thymesis, which is the Greek word for remembering. Now, that being said, this is a game that 100% deserves to be remembered. I am going to say something really stupid that I may regret come tomorrow because I'm in the moment. I like Thymesia more than I like Bloodborne when it comes to the combat. I think the combat here is better than what FromSoft did itself with Bloodborne. Not so much with Sekiro, but with Bloodborne. Um, there, There is that small line that a lot of developers walk with. Do we want to encourage people to finish our game, or do we want to be a wall? FromSoft on that gradient is very much on the, you're going to have to earn your ending here, punk. This walks... Um, even razor thin line of we I'm going to put walls in front of you but we're going to give you every tool you want and we're going to encourage you to do it FromSoft is that dad that never tells you he's proud of you but he looks at you and goes hmm Thymesia is that dad that's like hey I need you to chop this cord of wood but don't worry I'll bring you lemonade you know there's there's a slight difference there I think like Craig, this surprised the ever-loving hell out of me. I was I was going into it rather jaded, and I came out smiling like an idiot. 
Um, Thymesia is the top of the top when it comes to non-from combat. And I say that having played pretty much every Souls-like that's hit console. So it's a little bit of a pedigree. Play Thymesia, enjoy the combat, kick Erd in the nuts for me because <laughs> he is so cool. <laughs> And then write in what you think. Like, I'm very curious to see what people think when they write in about this game. If you want to write in, I'm not even going to say anything snarky. I'd love to hear what people think of Thymesia. Like, if you write in about Steel Rising, that is, that's great. That's wonderful. But I'm really curious about Thymesia. Because, like Craig said, not too many people talk about it. So, I'd be curious. Alright, that wraps up our... Pre-Summer Souls Fest. All right. So, coming up after the Pre-Summer Souls, we have the Rats of May. And in the Rats of May, we have a good game and a bad game. Now, I'm not going to say which one's which, but we will be talking about Dishonored and Plague Tale Requiem. Oh, the bad game. Okay. Where did where did Plague Tale touch you, Craig? Show me on the rat belt. <laughs> so, if you have any thoughts on Dishonored, and specifically we're going to be playing the Definitive Edition, if that matters to anybody, um, and then Plague Tale Requiem, there will be a rather strict story spoiler wall on Requiem, because that is quite new. But me and Craig are very much looking forward to playing it. So, we will catch you then, when... Rats... So, Greg, until next time, give me your best Plague Doctor noise. Well, sh I, I, I can't even think what noise there would be, other than... Yeah, it's kind of like Bane with a long nose. Yeah. Alright, I'll accept it. Alright, thank you very much for listening, and we will catch you next time when we talk about not Corvus, but Corvo. Corvo.